welcome to Various Things. I'm Gary Lama. Today's interview is with artist Kate Parnell. Kate is an amazing artist who, with her project Garfield from Memory, has found a way to transcend many of the boundaries of both art and social media and make unique connections with people that resonate in a big way. She's also co-creator of the Washington, D.C.-based scene, Horse Corn, where she publishes anything related to horses or corn in a way that delivers art free from many limitations. I knew Kate growing up here in Richmond and recently reconnected with her, so I am stoked to be able to share some of the things behind her work and her personal story with you. A note to our listeners, uh, at 4 minutes and 40 seconds into this podcast, Kate talks about her attempted suicide. So anyone that may have an issue hearing that, uh, you might want to skip ahead to around 6 minutes into the podcast. As someone that has dealt with depression and suicidal thoughts myself, um, I'm sympathetic to uh, sharing this. And I believe that talking about these things is one of the ways to make us all feel a little less alone. When did you start doing uh, Garfield from Memory? It started on February 23rd, 2019. It might have been the 24th. Um, it started as a just a, a drawing project to get myself moving uh, through a pretty uh, lousy time in my life, personally. Um, yeah, I just started posting it to kind of keep myself honest with it and make sure I, I, once somebody suggested I do it for a year, it seemed sort of corny, but then I was like, what the fuck else am I doing? So, um, it was kind of a, a nice thing to not have to think about really as a project to just say, okay, I'm going to do this. And then there's a certain framework established. And how did you come to the idea of doing Garfield in particular? I was just sitting in my friend's sausage shop, uh, eating a Cholito and looking at a bunch of Garfield mugs. They just they have a lot of Garfield stuff there. It's called Meats and Foods. Uh, and that's Florida in Avenue, DC. That's in DC. Yeah, um, there there are uh, a couple pals of mine who were really supportive of a magazine that my friend uh, Jesse, uh, aka Titty Balls. Uh, started a little before the Garfield project started. It was a place we could go and sit around and just spin things out, shoot the shit, you know, kind of play around. They had a lot of Garfield stuff up. So I just started drawing Garfield. And when did you realize that something was kind of taking off with it? I think probably when I had to change, uh, when I had to flip the account over, um, I started posting them on my personal account where I would just sort of post, you know, odds and ends and, and things I was working on. And uh, it it just really started to kind of snowball without any any particular intention towards that on my part. All of a sudden, it kind of felt like it had a certain amount of legs to it, you know? And it was up how, and running, and I just kind of had to to keep it going. 
how did you react to that? Because <laughs> that seems like <laughs> it, it probably terrifying. caught you. <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was terrifying. No, I it really like seriously. It was. It was. Um, I because I was coming out of a period where I I had pretty much given up on on almost everything I cared about. Um, I mean, you know. Quick correction. Kate meant to say 2018 here, not 2019. Like, I, I attempted suicide um, in July of 2019. And it's something that I've really tried to be open about. If right. only because it's it's not something that people tend to talk about easily. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't a great decision. I don't necessarily recommend it. I'm not going to tell anybody how to live their life, but um, it came out of a really, uh, really awful situation um, that I wasn't equipped to deal with. So when I started to to do this this magazine, I mean it's it's a zine, but we call it a magazine. Um, so everybody else has to call it a magazine. And this, um, this is the horse corn. <laughs> this, is, this is horse corn. Yeah. When I when I started doing that, I realized that I it helped you know that I, I i felt better that's that's why i started doing the drawings really because i i said you know this it's something i need to uh encourage it's, right. it's something that's that's helping and making a difference and there wasn't really a lot that was once that had kind of gotten going i just realized that it was sort of giving me at least as much momentum as i was giving it you know like for people that don't know, basically what your project is, is you take things from pop culture and that could be like an album cover by an obscure indie band or an album cover by Madonna or a picture of a drill or... Anything at all is really... The only constant is is Garfield uh, or is, is uh, my kind of shorthand for Garfield. Um, which and it's always painting. It paint. It started out as drawings. Um, I would right. say that most of them were done either on my way to or home from work on the bus. Right. I had about a forty-minute bus commute, so if I could time it right and get a seat, I could usually get a drawing done on the way in and home. And it just kind of became a, a sort of mental space that I could have for myself and and operate within and it just it felt really uh freeing to have a, a an assignment but not one that i could fail at in any way because i i still felt really vulnerable i haven't always had you know a, a ton of self-confidence in my life and uh it's it's kind of been a way for me to to shore up the things that i really care about you know and and the strengths that I really value. I mean, so that must've been pretty scary when it did flip over. Uh, we, we talked briefly about that, about how you had to start a different account. How did you react to so many people becoming so interested? In it? And, and I guess I should kind of preference this with the nature of what you do. People really love this and, and they order like commissions from you of things they want to see turned into Garfield. So how was that knowing that what you were doing was, was connecting so deeply with, with folks? 
Well, it really kind of grew um, in in such a nice and organic way for me, at least um, over the first year, I'd say, because that, that was pretty much February to February. Over that year, I had lost a job that I really loved um, working as a, a buyer for a gift store, uh, small business, and spent some time unemployed and then started working at an art supply store where I, I worked at an art supply store in New York for years and years and years. So I just all of a sudden had everything at my disposal again. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was like, you know, I, it, it was weird because I, I had been working at a candy store, but it was the equivalent of a kid in a candy store. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for me so i and and the uh management there which i didn't end up really seeing eye to eye with was really um supportive in some ways and I mean, that included um having me do these art activities every friday where i would just basically hang out all afternoon and make art with people and if they had questions oh, i'd cool. answer it Basically, it was just kind of like, you know, hanging out with Kate. Um, so, oh, yeah. you know, when when the whole pandemic hit in March, and I basically had to say, I don't want to get COVID for minimum wage. Um, right. I, it was terrifying. Um, on uh, You know, it was kind of another, like, really, really scary moment when I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I just had to kind of step off into the void, you know, and I was really, you know, the the community of people that you were talking about that has kind of developed around this project has been an immense amount of support and not not just financial support, but, uh, you know, real emotional support. You know, I've, I've met a lot of really good friends through it and people whose work I really, really relate to and respect, you know, way more than I could even name right now without sounding like a total asshole. <laughs> it's like the one you really, really want to mention, you totally forget. And then you're just like, ah, you know, you right. never get past that. I'm yeah. not going there. I love you all. <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. And that's kind of unique because, you know, the thing about art, you know, when you're doing your own projects, it's very easy for it to be a very isolating thing almost. And maybe the, maybe the only time you really get kind of connection is when you, you know, I guess traditionally when you have your show and that's like what a night and then (laughs) a night celebration and then a week maybe of like taking a few people up there, but it's pretty, you know, it's crazy because it's like this four or five hour window of like, Oh God, look, People are enjoying this, and then it's done. And what you've got with yeah. this is like a daily connection with people resonating with with what you're doing. Um, yeah, and it's also something you can schedule yourself around pretty well. Have you seen yourself develop as an artist, like um, technique wise and stuff, from having to do this? I mean, I imagine you've you've had to come up with some just so much. strategies. But, I mean, just everything. It's it's just it's been um, 
I mean, I remember when I went to grad school, uh, I, I was like super naive about the whole thing. And I just really was like, I need time in the studio, you know, and I need to have time to think about my work. And I'm a person that always feels like I ought to be doing something and that somebody is going to be really disappointed in me that I'm not, you know, taking care of like all of the things in my life that are a mess, which are, you know, many as, you know, for everybody, but as most of um, us, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, okay, I, I really, I have one thing to do, you know, and it's, it's, I set it up. So it's not really that hard to satisfy the requirement. So I, then I can just have fun and I need that. You know, I really, really, I didn't know how much I needed that in my life, but I kind of needed to give my, myself permission to enjoy what I was doing, you know, like it, it, in general. Oh, some of these things that you've done, like there'll be like commissions and gifts, um, like people actually like buying it for someone else. Like they're, they're, um, yeah. how does the feedback work on that? Like, do you get usually like, like a message back being like, Oh, they loved it. Or, or do, does the person that receives the gift sometimes message you like, what's, what's the coolest message you've gotten back from somebody? Um, I, I mean, I, it really, I, I love everything about that part of the process. You know, I, most of the time it's, it's a really pretty informal uh, process right now. And I'm kind of not super excited to get much bigger because I, I know that some of that will have to be a little streamlined. Um, People basically just message me and say, I really like what you're doing. And I, I really would like, or my friend or, or partner or, child or, or mom or whoever would really like, um, a Garfield of, you know, Richard Nixon or, or, you know, a rotary telephone or whatever, you know, and it's, it's, I, I did a couple drawings at the very beginning and I don't even want to name names, but Mm -hmm. they, they were not that I, or the person that I was doing it for, really loved and it sounds Mm -hmm. kind of corny when you say it just straight out but it's like i i don't want to stand behind shit if i don't love it or if it's not really going to make somebody happy you know right i i went to grad school and i paid like too much money to to listen to people tell all the reasons why I should like something or why somebody else should like something or why it should be valued for the way it's valued. I just, you know, I'm really so lucky to be able to be this facilitator for people, you know, to make something that they value that represents something about a relationship. It's, it's like the most important thing I can be doing. I think all of what we're talking about here is, is basically going mostly around Instagram is that right? It is. I have like five posts on uh, Twitter and I really need to get my shit together on that. And like, I don't know. One of these days, Instagram is going to explode or something and or they're going right. to kick me off for doing like one too many like erotic Garfield paintings. Oh and and uh, <laughs> there are a few real blue ones. Um and anyway, I don't, you know, 
it's not great to have all my eggs in this particular basket, especially one that's as, as weird and opaque as Instagram's algorithm. Uh, but it's all there for right now. Looking over your feed, like you're putting out at least one painting a day, right? Yeah. I usually have, uh, you know, a dozen or more paintings just kind of sitting around and like huge slush piles of stuff that's kind of half done or, you know, on its way. I kind of, I don't have a, a really long attention span, but it really works for me that way. So mm -hmm. with those that you've done so far, there's certain one that you are, are feel like kind of like is the best example of what you're doing. The one that I've kind of, the one that I've kept as the profile picture since I think since I switched it over has been the, the Texas chainsaw massacre, uh, the, the chainsaw dance at the end, um, mm -hmm. Leatherface, and which I, I, I do kind of go for these, these, uh, kind of, grotesque figures like the Leatherface or the Gigi Allen. I really, I love, there's just something about that combination of obsession and grotesquery and, and abrasiveness and Garfield. That's just kind of delightful to me, <laughs> you know, yeah. and really, really, um, and, and really kind of makes me laugh. That's, that's kind of the, the motor for the whole thing. And, you know, does that seem to be what your audience is drawn to as well? I, I think a lot of them, for a lot of them, the humor of it. Um, I mean, definitely, like, I would say I have some really amazing uh, record nerd followers. Um, right. Record store owners and employees or former employees. A lot of tattoo artists. A lot of people I knew from grad school. Like, I mean, it's just people, a lot of people from, from a lot of different places that have a pretty broad sense of humor and, and generally I would say pretty big hearts, which means a lot to me. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm getting corny in my old age. No, but I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a big thing. And especially, you know, during the times we're living in right now, you know, where we have this quarantine, um, you know, people are reflecting about, you know, I mean, ever since COVID started, I think a lot of people have been reflecting about what value is in their life, you know, just, just yeah. starting with like, well, what happens if we lose grandma or my dad or something like that? Mm -hmm. Like people are like preemptively like thinking about these kind of things. They're also not able to really maybe work their jobs or live their lives the way they normally would. They have a little more time on their hands. It's a it's a yeah. time when like caring and stuff like that is becoming more needed and also kind of more apparent. It's yeah. definitely amazing that you were able to do this during this time. I mean, it makes sense logistically, but like, well, you know, I, I would have really I would have really been lost personally if I hadn't had this as as something to to keep myself motivated to keep myself positive to, to just keep myself going you know i i i live by myself you know i have a dog and he's great but you know i'm single i'm lonely it's it's a really lonely time for a lot of people even if you're in a relationship you know you're probably crowded and like lonely in a mm -hmm. different way 
So I think few of the people, especially that I've met through our field for memory have, have really been friends who have been people that would listen and people that, that, uh, I listen to, you know? Um, and I, I think it, maybe it's, it's kind of, it seems sort of embarrassing to say like how much I love what I'm doing and how much I love the people that are following this because the internet is such a fractious place. Um, but I really do, you know, and I feel, I feel really fortunate to be at the place where I'm at right now, um, where most of the people that are following me are really supportive and pretty fucking cool for the most part. See, that's, that's amazing. It's awesome. It's totally awesome. I kind of feel like I, I went, I went through my shit three and a half years ago or, or however long it is, you know, that was, that was the time when my world collapsed and it was, you know, I was fucking lost and I'm really, really lucky that I had the family that I have and the friends that I have and the community that I have here in DC that helped me through, you know, and there were a lot of people that helped me in a lot of different ways, you know, not just emotionally or financially, you know, I, I have a lot of gratitude and I kind of, I kind of feel like this is in, in some ways, this is my, my work is kind of sharing that or, or trying to be that person for somebody else. You're actually able to share it with when everyone else's world is collapsing. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, Hey, welcome to the party guys. Like, it's okay. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's all right. That is awesome. So kind of moving forward, um, you have the horse corn zine. Um, talk a little bit about that. When did you start doing that? I started doing that probably at the end of 2018. Um, horse corn was this, this sort of idea for a zine or even it was just kind of a, a title for a, a zine that a bunch of dummies in D.C. kept talking about making forever and never got around to it. Um, including my friend Jesse, um, who's better known as Titty Balls. You, you know, we used to sit around at the same bar all the time. Um, and one day he was just like, do you want to make a magazine? And I was like, well, what the fuck else am I doing? And it was really like, I mean, I keep going back to this, but there, there are a few people that I would say like in, in a, very real way have like saved my life, you know? And like this, awesome. the horse porn project, like literally, you know? Um, and that's like, it's pretty amazing to me. So that, that said, it's a pretty ridiculous magazine. <laughs> Unless you're really it, into uh, horses or corn. So everything in there <laughs> is either horses or corn. It's kind of that's sort of the the two pillars around which uh, horse corn <laughs> is built. Uh, it's it's kind of a a joke concept, you know. I don't. The name probably comes from some sort of corn dish that was made at one of a few DC restaurants that uh, had some memorable um, after effects. 
And so it just, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that's like the closest anyone can get to even remembering where the name came from, Um, (laughs) which I think is really, is really fantastic. And I really love, Um, but it just kind of became a, a, a sort of a playground for me and for uh, the people that wanted to be involved in it. You know, we, we basically said no rules, no deadlines, uh, more or less, um, you know, no real editorial process at this point. Um, no subscriptions. Uh, we sell the magazine when we have enough money to print it, but that hasn't been consistent. So, it's kind of been, you know, it's, it's available from time to time. Um, we sell them all when we have them. And then, uh, so it's just, it's been, it's, it's been kind of a, a mental space and, and, a, a you know, a physical thing to play with for, for me and for a lot of people who, especially these days, you know, aren't really able to do the work that they usually do or, you know, are in pretty like stressful situations um, or just want something to do. So it sounds like that was kind of like an incubator for you doing the Garfield from memory thing, because it sounds like it, it kind of, I mean, you were, you were like, you were like formally trained, like you went through MFA and, all that stuff for art, correct? Yeah, I went to I went to the Cooper Union. I went to art school, and uh, then I went to uh, I, I went did to my motherfucking master's. Cooper Union. Oh, okay. see, nobody ever knows Cooper. So. Jesus <laughs> fucking <Yeah>. Christ, dude! <laughs> oh, you've heard of it. <laughs> I moved to, so I, when I moved when I dropped out of that hippie college I told you about. Uh, yeah, Warren Wilson. Love you forever. Uh, great tofu recipes down there. Um, I, I moved to New York. Uh, I don't know if you ever knew Mark Kirkendall and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, so I, I moved up there. I, I sublet Mark's apartment when he was on tour with Fish or something terrible like that. And some of the other roommates there were Cooper kids. And they were like, hey, our school is free. <laughs> And I was working at the art supply store. Yeah, because don't I was they like, own well, the land that shit. the Empire State Building's on or some shit? Uh, the Chrysler Building. Chrysler Building. Yeah, so that fucking rent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all the Chrysler Building. I mean, they also just completely blew their uh, endowment by this boondoggle of a, a big box architectural, you know, landmark oh, building. And so they had to charge tuition again and blah, blah, blah. So that's that's pretty fucking lame. But it was an incredible place. And I am, you know, I'm all for rich people starting up weird-ass schools for poor people and Hell yeah. whatever. You know, it's a cool place. It's a really, really cool place. Did you think and I that went to Bard uh, for my MFA. God damn. So, so from all of that, like you know, I guess at a certain point, you know, you come out of there and then you've got to kind of find your voice, what your, your thing is. And so probably horse corn was like the exact opposite of probably what you had been thinking was kind of In like the direction. Way, yeah. Uh, to be honest, 
both of these projects are, I, I wouldn't say they're, they're out of character for me right. really, or, or like too much of a stretch. Even I think it's just that it really has taken a long time for me to feel comfortable kind of owning who I am and, mm-hmm. and the things that I value, you know, and the things yeah. that I want to make. And that was really, for me, that was my issue, you know, from like second grade or whatever, kindergarten through BARD MFA, um, was that I just really, I didn't feel like, I felt like any subject I picked was a constraint in a way. And it's, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of fantastic to me that in picking a really specific completely banal subject like Garfield, who I don't even, I mean, I, I love the dude, the Garf, um, but I don't have a real personal attachment to, you know, it, it's in, in picking such a specific subject, it's kind of opened everything else up in a way that, that has just been so liberating that like, I, you know, there's sometimes and like my mom is going to hate this, but, I don't know why I would ever do anything else. It's kind of the perfect solution to to my issues, you know. Hell yeah, that's a. I mean, it's weird how things can work like that because <laughs> sometimes it's. Me, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we go through life thinking that we need to find these specific things when really sometimes it's just kind of like the framework of things that is really the most I, important. Yeah. I needed. You know, I needed to be able. I need to give myself the agency, really, to step up and do it. Because it's. It, you know, I'm not really a, a different person than I was four years ago, in some ways. I mean, I. I didn't have any tattoos then. Um, that's something that I've really found has given me a lot of confidence in my body, which has never, it's just always been something that's, that's been really fraught, you know? Um, and it just has kind of allowed me, uh, the horse corn project and working with titty balls, especially to just kind of say, fuck it, you know, fuck this shit. Like whatever it is that's, that's, that I'm letting hold myself back. Yeah. I don't have to care. And that, I, you know, I wish somebody had told me that <laughs> 30 years ago. <laughs> right. I think I missed that day. You know, I didn't get the memo on that one. But it's awesome. It's really awesome to be 40 and to realize I don't have to give a shit about a lot of things that I was spending a lot of time caring about. And I have a lot of I have a lot of compassion for everybody struggling with that shit because that's being a person. It's fucking hard. Yeah, definitely. My, my three year old niece said that the other day. You know, she's like, "It's just really hard to be a person." I'm like, you, "You're telling me." <laughs> <laughs> so, like wow. anything that that helps you get through, you know, like or that that lets you be a better person for other people. I'm a, I'm pretty much all for you know. Hell yeah! Might not want to do it myself, but like, as long as you're not hurting anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And and that's the thing. That's the thing that's so cool about art is, is, you know, it's such a, the non-functionalness of it, like the real function of it, if there is any, is in sharing experiences and, and sharing feeling and, and like these kind of intangible kind of unvalue assignable things. And and that's what I'm, makes yeah. it also the first thing to get cut from school budgets, <laughs> you know, because um, <laughs> yeah. they're like, I'm how so, the I'm fuck? nodding my head here. It's, it's, right? Yeah. Completely. But it's also the thing that makes it kind of transcendent because, you know, it it doesn't have these hard lines that can it can be opposed on sometimes. Like it can move kind of more fluidly through society, through time, through um, all these different kind of variables that might restrict something of a harder bind and um, mm-hmm. kind of move people together and connect them. Um, so when you're talking about these experiences and then you're making these, these works, it's like, you know, they say the artist comes through their work and I, I can't help but feel that, you know, maybe some of the success that you've had here, um, you know, comes from that intention coming through in your paintings. Cause I definitely see it. Like when you're looking at one of these Garfields, like it's not, um, it doesn't feel like it's trying to do anything. It feels like it's really being something, you know? Um, like just, I mean, even just kind of look like the way the brushstrokes come through and all that stuff. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it has a joy about it or like a freeness about it that, um, is just really awesome. I definitely think that is something that like is, is probably resonating with, with the folks that are, you know, um, falling in love with this thing because it's it's just it's just really really cool i hope so i mean i i really that would be that's kind of the goal you know i think i think that you know they do say that that whatever uh you know all all paint all portraiture is self-portraiture or all all painting is a painting of the artist or, or whatever and but this i i think that almost all of these paintings and drawings and sculptures and stop motion videos or whatever else has been in there over the months is it's it's someone loving what they're doing and i really do hope that that comes through because that's that's everything to me and that concludes my interview with artist kate Burnell. I'd like to thank her for taking time to talk with me and share her story. You can find Kate and her project Garfield from Memory by searching just that, all one word, on Instagram. And you can keep up with her zine Horsecorn zine by following horsecorn underscore DC on Instagram as well. For more episodes of this podcast, be sure to check out our website at variousthingspodcast.com, as well as a show on Apple Music or Spotify. This has been Various Things. Thanks for listening.